This is the Warm Springs Program on KWSO. Lisa Mensa is the president and CEO of the Oregon Community Foundation. She gives us an introduction to who she is. So I grew up in Oregon. I'm a born and raised Oregon kid. Born in Portland, grew up in the Beaverton area. But I am come from a family who love the outdoors. And so coming back here today, this is my first trip out of Portland. I'm coming to the Bend area. And just when you come down off Mount Hood and you come to this beautiful high desert, I just remember my childhood. We could make it here in a day. So I'm the kind of kid that grew up um, coming to Mount Hood, putting my toes in the streams, visiting the hot springs. So it's really this feeling of coming back home. Well, I've been kind of an unofficial ambassador for Oregon because I've lived outside of the state for so long. And it's what I tell people. You fly into Portland, and then within a few hours, you can be in these gorgeous spots. Portland's gorgeous too, but you can be at the beach, you can be at the gorge, you can be on Mount Hood, or you can be in this beautiful high desert. And it's it's one of the most stunning things about our state. It is so beautifully diverse, and now you can reach it. It was harder in a green rambler in the 60s and 70s when I was growing up. This is nice to have better cars and probably better roads, but, uh, but it's wonderful to be home. Lisa talks about what experience she brings to the Oregon Community Foundation. Well, we talked about the fact that I'm an Oregonian. That's probably the first thing you gotta. Uh, I'm bringing home, so I'm coming to people that I grew up with and a place I love. But the real experience, I've been a banker, I've been a foundation leader, I've been seriously uh, invested in economic change and the wealth gap. I was undersecretary of agriculture during the Obama administration, where I worked on rural development. But most the, th- the thread that runs through all of that is the thread of opportunity and helping people thrive. I think money has a lot to do with choice and with power, and that's true in banking. It's also true in philanthropy. And I've given money away. I've raised money. And to me, this is a chance to be at a very interesting community foundation that is a very unique model. It's got so many donors. It's not It's different than a single donor. And it's got a whole state it wants to reach in all of these fields that are deeply meaningful to me, economic fields, arts fields, education fields. So, and it's all about helping Oregonians thrive. So um, this is is kind of the job dream to put a lot of pieces of a career together after you get to a ripe old age, which I won't confess to, uh, and bring it bring it into one place where you have a shot at pulling a lot of threads together and to really try to do some good. She gives us a history of the Oregon Community Foundation. The Oregon Community Foundation is almost 50 years old. And so it's been on this growth path of donors and work for almost 50 years. And it means we're a foundation that's bridged every corner of this state, bridged the donor community and the communities that need funds. And I love it because it's really in this, to, this work together that you see good things happen. You know, thousands of volunteers that read scholarship applications, you know, uh, volunteers that come together 
to advise uh, the foundation staff and its board. Its board is all volunteer. And what I think we have is about 120 staff all over the state, an amazing board, thousands of volunteers, and a deep interest in helping this state thrive. And because it's so diverse, it's not in one corner. It's not just in funding health or funding education. It's funding everything. It's got a wide mix of donors. I think it gives us a respect for the creativity that's inside Oregonians, uh, both as donors and as actors and, and activists in this state. So it's, it's very fun for me to be here. This is, you're catching me early, Sue, in my career. This is, I think, three weeks in on the job. But I think we just, it's a fascinating institution. Very few things work in every corner. I've, I've spent so much of my professional life working in rural areas, even though I'm born in an urban area. Uh, there's not too many places that have the chance to work across divides in rural areas, in urban areas, equally. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Lisa talks about challenges and how they motivate people. Well, challenges are serious nowadays, but they're also, they're kind of what makes a lot of folks get up in the morning. You know, we just left this fascinating table on Warm Springs Reservation to really hear from so many leaders. And yes, the challenges are huge. But what I saw was these beautiful, hopeful Voices around the table, this leadership, mostly women, which doesn't surprise me, leaning in and saying, we can do this. We don't have to wait. We can, we can create opportunities for our neighbors, for our tribe, for our community. And that's very exciting. Those are the kind of things that I think bridge. They're actually, they exist in urban communities and rural communities and indigenous tribal communities. But it's, it's people who see a dream of change and then find the right partners and inspire the partners to come with them on the journey. And boy, did I just get a dose of that. That and a dose of uh, delicious fry bread, which was wonderful. But uh, yeah, I really, I wanted to get out early and I'm barely moved in here, but this is my first trip. And I'm just so glad the first trip was a table at the Warm Springs Reservation with just powerful, creative leaders and our staff, you know, together. And it just, it gives me a lot of hope about this state. She talks about how they get to help new people as well as well-established organizations. Fun of philanthropy is your path isn't set. You know, you get to support uh, activities sometimes at the very beginning of their work. Sometimes, you know, a hundred years in, you know, I got to meet folks that have been running the Portland Art Museum, beautiful historic institution. And then you get to see some people who are completely new that are still under fiscal sponsorship in their journey to become a nonprofit organization. So it's exciting and it is exciting when you are community-led. You can listen and try to support things at many different levels. I mean, you, by law, you have to support things that are charitable, but there's a wide definition of charitability. And in this state, it looks different in many corners. So this is a trip to get a chance to meet a lot of the people who are changing Oregon. Lisa talks about how familiar she is with tribal communities. Well, I, had, uh, I have two uh, levels. I think it helps to grow up in Oregon um, with a mother, Anglo, 
but who brought me to the powwow circle? And I was the different one in the powwow circle, but I was embraced. <laughs> but my profound experiences came when I was a program officer at the Ford Foundation. And I got to do work in rural economic development when some pretty amazing leaders in Indian country uh, were on the rise from Rebecca Adamson with First Nations, Wilma Mankeller in the Cherokee, Elsie uh, Meeks uh, running the Lakota Fund, one of the first uh, microfinance efforts, Eloise Cabell, who ran the Blackfeet Bank. I was always, it's interesting that I'm mentioning all women, but they were powerful Native women leaders seeing future of their communities. And I have also, I've just left leading the Opportunity Finance Network. It's the nation's largest association of community development financial institutions. There are 70 certified Native CDFIs working all across the country. These are just exciting, again, bubbling up in community. How do we finance the things we want to see? So I've had a long association with Native CDFIs, with Native leaders, with the women who are changing economic opportunity for Native communities. Dear friends, people who, one thing I always love that started at the Ford Foundation is when you're out visiting in community, one of the things that I learned is that some Native communities are so vast, so large, there's no Hampton Inn. So uh, <laughs> I'm in people's cars and staying in people's homes. And I always feel that once you've broken bread with folks, once you've had a meal, once you've been in their car, once you've seen their farms or ranches, that changes things. And so I've, I've had a beautiful life of seeing Native communities from Alaska to Hawaii throughout the whole U.S. And it's been a beautiful thing to be able to, to travel with. I have an African background, so I think there's a lot of similarities uh, in Native and in my Guinean African culture that I come from. But yeah, this is familiar. I always feel like I can understand what it means to really hope and want your community to thrive, even as you understand you're part of larger communities. You know, I'm an American. I'm an African-American. I'm an Oregonian. You know, all these concentric circles. And I feel Native Americans often have to do the same thing. They have to put themselves in tribe, in place, in Native communities, and Americans, and the global community. So that feels familiar. In her recent stop in Warm Springs, she talks about what brought her to Central Oregon. We're here for a few days. Um, our destination eventually is a beautiful thing that the Oregon Community Foundation has long had a tradition of something called a leaders gathering, where we bring together volunteers from across the state. And we do it in Central Oregon. It's a great place to get to. makes it a little less travel for, for many. But it hasn't been able to happen since 2018 with our COVID. And so this first reunion will be in Bend together. And so this is a chance for me to, who's only been on the job for a while, to meet many volunteers, many board members, donors, many community organizations, all together. So I'm excited to do that. But I said, we have to start early because I know I knew how beautiful this was. And so we wanted to get to Warm Springs. Um, I'll be here in the Warm Springs and Bend area. And then we'll eventually start our, our business meeting. Lisa talks about the diversity among the communities here in Central Oregon. Living very different lives and living in very close proximity. So 
if we can figure it out here in Central Oregon, how to do this together, there's a little hope for our state and for the country. I, I do, I do love this, and I love how it's changed over time. I mean, early trips, I remember getting a chance to visit, you know, Sun River as a kid, and it was it was like a different world, you know, from where I was growing up. And you know, this is a beautiful state, and I think the sheer vastness when you see you're right on Mount Hood, you come across, you see Bachelor, you see, it puts you in your place a bit, you know, most of I'm tall, but most of us are, you know, are rather, rather small compared to a mountain. I do think that beauty shocks us and reminds us of what we love about this state. And then we just have to do this work together because everybody is not in the same place. She shares her view on how she sees continued partnerships with Warm Springs. Well, I think what I wanted to see today is some of the organizations that the foundation has already started to work with. You know, one of the reasons we have a large staff rooted in communities is to not just fly in from the capital city. So one of our hallmarks over the 50 years or so is to really invest in having staff who understand both the local community and the donor community. And I saw today how having a rooted staff allows you to get to know organizations, to hear early on who's got a project idea. So today we saw the commissary project, you know, more than a 120-year-old building, which we helped to move to a firm foundation, and maybe that's a metaphor for where it's headed. This is a $4 million project that you got to start it by moving it to where it can be a base for many things. And I got excited to hear the number of businesses and training opportunities that will be able to be rooted, meaning food businesses and eventual uh, service businesses and all things that are needed in Warm Springs and think of the future business owners. So I've been trained as a commercial banker. I've been a microenterprise and enterprise financer for a long time. So I know that's a beautiful future. But sometimes every project needs a boost at the beginning, somebody who can put in that first seed money. And I know that that was part of what Oregon Community Foundation got to do. But what I also saw is the breadth a museum, the Warm Springs Indian uh, Museum. I mean, my goodness, and a Smithsonian-level museum, you know, breaking bread with us also here in Warm Springs. And then new entities that aren't even C3s yet working with youth. That's very powerful, you know. So the whole Warm Springs Community Action team also supported by OCF. So it was really great to see us what a community foundation should be about, you know, reaching deep into the community and some of the things that won't yet be seen by some of the national uh, foundations that I used to work for. It was good, and I look forward to it's kind of what the Leaders Gathering is about, a chance to meet many more uh, stakeholders. There's a whole creative arts team uh, that's going on right now. We met our colleagues. Uh, they'll be meeting people that have been working in the arts. So I'm, I'm excited to see, see some more. She talks about what she saw during her time here and her thoughts on activities outside of the classroom. Everybody's forgiven for COVID time, uh, but I did see, we took a little tour around, so I saw the modular units for where, oh. the Boys and Girls Club. And, you know, 
I'm such a believer in what can happen out of school time too, to inspire both the learning that happens in school and your life. So I'm a kid that was influenced by time outside of the classroom, in the arts, in campfire, in other activities uh, that those all enrich your life. And we know that. We know the richest families look for enrichment activities for their kids. So we know that all of our kids can thrive best when they are supported outside of the school. And to make it convenient, we, I'm assuming you're a parent too, you know how hard it is if you've got to figure out how to get your kids somewhere else. So the fact that this was co-located on the same uh, footprint as the, as the school, fantastic. Lisa talks about what she wants people to know about the Oregon Community Foundation. We're fortunate in this country that one of the sectors that exists to change things for the better is the philanthropic sector. It's pretty robust, meaning foundations exist in every state, and they're there to do good. You know, it's a charitable endeavor. I think the hard part for most people when they hear about what is this foundation is to think about how they can participate, you know. And so what's fun about Oregon Community Foundation is there's lots of doorways in. You may find us as a donor. You may find us as a volunteer to help read scholarship applications. This is the foundation that makes the most scholarships in the state. I was one of those kids. I was, I'm older than the Oregon Community Foundation Scholarship Fund, but I'm one of the kids that benefited from a scholarship, from multiple scholarships to go to college. I think what I'd like folks to know about Oregon Community Foundation is that we've endured for nearly 50 years. We're planning to be here the next 50. We want to be the space that helps all of this state thrive. And that means bringing in more donors, but it also means the way our reach of grants reaches all throughout the state. And so by, you know, Warm Springs is my first visit outside of Portland, and I am excited to find already a history of grant making here and a history of grant making in the region of Bend and a a history of grant making that understands the difference between Bend and Warm Spring and Sisters and Redmond and Madras. And, you know, it's it's really so I hope um, kind of the most fun part about philanthropy is it's the gas for the vehicles of change and for the things that people hope to do. So what I heard at the table over lunch today is all these hopes, hope for museum, hope for artists, hope for young people, hope for business owners, hope for a commissary that will change the way people believe in themselves and in the possibility. And philanthropy gets to take dollars, sometimes quite modest, and put it to the service of those hopes. It's even more fun than it is to vent a financer. A financer has bigger dollars often, but philanthropy gets to be the part that often starts the journey for people, you know. Let's try it. Let's see if we can get this thing launched. And then sometimes markets and other money can come in, government money, federal dollars, things that are bigger. But I think what's fun about a foundation is that you're able to be the kind of glue funding that holds different initiatives together and gives people a sense that more is possible. We're often the first in to projects that will take a lot of partners in in good time. So that's how I would describe it. I'll work on it. (laughs) That was Lisa Mensah.
president and CEO of the Oregon Community Foundation. I'm Duncan Bruno, reporting for the Warm Springs program on your community radio station, 91.9 FM, KWSO.